Hey, welcome to season two of the Wild East Women podcast series. My name is Kentucky Costello and I'm your host. If you're just now joining us, this is part two of a two episode series featuring Julia and Carissa Hip. If you haven't already listened to episode one, I encourage you to go back, check it out, and then join us here. Carissa works for the Appalachian Trail Conservancy as a visitor center supervisor in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. So picking up from our conversation with pigtails, it seems like she really loves to walk in the woods. A lot of my friends that have smaller children say things like, I want to go hiking, but my child doesn't like walking. How is that ever an issue for you with pigtails? Well, I carried her in a backpack for quite a while. Um, And in fact, she was a late walker. She went through physical therapy. She didn't even crawl by her first birthday. So I kind of joke that she's been making up for it ever since. And I would say it was probably sometime when she was three that she was just getting too heavy. We did like a nine mile hike one day with a friend of mine. And it was hot in the summertime. And I was like, she's like 30 plus pounds now. She's just getting too heavy. And I I do recall even that on that hike, like she wanted to get out of the pack and walk some, but you know, it was a really rocky section of trail. We were on the AT in Pennsylvania and um, I just didn't feel like it was totally safe for her. I thought there was like a you know, better places for her to explore trails that were a little bit flatter. So we really, it was a lot of give and take because I was at a point where I was wanting to do more difficult trails, but I knew that if she was going to learn to walk them herself, that she needed easier trails. So I would, you know, do the harder things with friends. And then I would take her on flatter trails at some of our other local parks. And I distinctly remember one day meeting up with some other women to hike with and one brought their niece who was like a year older than Julia. And it was the first time she never asked to be carried or put in the pack at all. In fact, I lugged it along on the hike and it was empty the entire time because she was trying to catch up with the other lady's niece. And she like didn't have time to think about the fact that, hey, I want my mom to carry me. She was trying to keep up with the other child. And after that, we just kept going further with our distances. And then we ramped up to more difficult trails. There were maybe just a handful of times. I think oftentimes we hike when my husband is working. And when he would come along with us, she would sweet talk daddy into carrying her. Now it's sweet talking daddy into carrying her pack because that's another thing when we go and it's just the two of us. I'm like, you can take whatever you want in your pack, whatever things you want to cram in there. That's fine. But you are carrying them. I'm not. And so she does sweet talk him now into to carrying the pack. But really, it was only when he would come along that she would be like, oh, carry me because I was just kind of like, no, we can we can stop and rest and then we'll we'll carry on. And, you know, over time, we just build it up. And now I think her maximum has been like 14.2 miles in a, a day. I think sometimes we don't give kids credit enough uh, as far as what their capabilities are. And kids are capable of a lot if we just kind of put the ball in their court. I would say I didn't always have a really strong relationship with the outdoors. I had hiked some when I was, I guess, 
late teens, early 20s. And then, you know, life got busy and it just wasn't this strong bond that I had that I just kept returning to to nurture. And it wasn't honestly until I would say Julia was born and she was the last of my three children. And when she was about six months old, I left my full-time tourism marketing job. And I have about 20 years of experience in the tourism marketing industry. And my job was to write about all of these places. And a lot of them were outdoor places and entice people to come visit. I hadn't been to all of those places. (laughs) Um, I had been to some of them and others I had not been to. And the Appalachian Trail was actually one of those. I I grew up in the town um, or just outside of the town of Boonesboro. So the trail comes just along the ridgeline there in Boonesboro. And I realized just a few years ago that I can see Annapolis Rock overlook from my parents' driveway. I was putting Julia in her car seat one evening and I looked up and I'm like, those rocks up there, that's Annapolis Rock. How come I never looked at that as a teenager and wondered what that was? So it wasn't until my probably mid to late 30s that I even discovered hiking on the Appalachian Trail in Maryland. And once I started getting outside, I couldn't get enough. And it was something that I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to take Julia with me because my husband was, you know, working at night and sleeping during the day. So I generally had her with me at all times. And I was like, okay, we can do this together. We live really close to the CNO Canal National Historical Park, which is a 181.4 mile bike path, footpath. And so we started with a jogging stroller and we would go out on the canal for hours on end. And, you know, primarily we'd be walking, but we would stop and look at deer and look at wildflowers in the spring and enjoy seeing things like woodpeckers and owls. And all of a sudden this whole natural world kind of opened up to me and I was like, wow, this is pretty magical. There's like something special that happens when I'm out here. And the more I was out there, the more I wanted to be out there. And so she was just always with me. And I guess before she turned one, we had planned a summer vacation to the Great Smoky Mountains. So I was like, okay, it's time to get the whole backpack that the baby fits in. And um, I distinctly remember going to a local battlefield and trying out a pretty easy trail there for the first time because I was like, okay, I have to get her in the pack and then somehow get it on my back without dumping her out. I was a little nervous about that. And we were going through the woods and this deer ran right across the path in front of us. And I was so excited because I literally like felt the rush of air from it when it passed um, by us. And I was like, wow, did you see that deer? And I mean, she wasn't even a year old, but I expected her to make some sort of noise and there was just nothing. So I'm like, well, you really don't know what's going on behind you with your baby when they're on your back. So I, I had my phone up, I put it in selfie mode and she had on this little sun hat and it was like clear down to her nose. I'm like, no wonder there was no reaction. She couldn't see anything. (laughs) We had some adjustments that we made, but you know, it just, it was kind of the beginning of a beautiful thing and had a great time in the Smokies that summer. And I was like, okay, I just, just kept going from there until really that summer when I was like, okay, she's, she's getting too heavy. (laughs) We have done over 160 contiguous miles of the AT from Northern Virginia to the Susquehanna River in Pennsylvania. 
since we started this journey sometime last summer, <laughs> um, because going into 2020, she had seen me talk about or heard me talk about doing the 52 hike challenge. Because when I first started to hike, I was more of a fair weather hiker. I did not like the cold and I didn't want to be out in the cold. But I have since learned that when you dress appropriately, it's not so bad. <laughs> Um, so I had initially challenged myself to do that 52 hike challenge because I wanted to hike more year round and be more consistent about it. I think 2020 was like the second or third year that I was saying I was going to do the 52 hike challenge. And she said, oh, I want to do it too. And I said, okay. And in the back of my mind, I was like, the novelty of this is going to wear off maybe a month or two into it. And I, I didn't even buy her like the little stickers because I, I told her what we would do is we would like take a picture of her with her patch on each hike. But I was like, she's not going to commit to this. I had just printed it out on cardstock and cut it into a circle. And I was like, here, hold this up. <laughs> it just kept going and kept going, and kept going. And then COVID hit. And my two older sons had online school and my husband was working crazy long hours for UPS and trying to sleep during the day since he worked at night. So I was suddenly like, how can I get her out of the house so that A, she takes a really long nap later and I can work while she's napping and B, so everybody else has a quiet house to do the things they need to do in peace and quiet. So we went out on the trails and... At first, a lot of the trails that we would frequent were busy. They, there was this influx of people because they were one of the only things that were closed. And so everybody was out on the trail all of a sudden. So we would kind of like find new spots or drive around until we found a parking place that, you know, wasn't super packed. And of course, you know, on weekdays and weekday mornings, that was usually kind of a prime time to get out to some of the places that were often busier and not find as, as many cars in the lots and as many people on the trails so that we had, you know, nice peaceful trails and not a lot of contact with other people. We had hiked when she was three to Weaverton Cliffs, um, which is a really beautiful overlook on the Appalachian Trail in Maryland. And it's about a mile up, mile down, but it's I think around 600 feet in elevation change in that mile up. So it's a pretty steady climb. And then you have these beautiful cliffs that jut out over the Potomac River. So it's a beautiful overlook. And she enjoyed that when she was three. So we went back and did that again early last summer when she was four. And then we went to Annapolis Rock so she could see that overlook. And she enjoyed that. And somewhere just after that, I think she saw me watching like a, a through hiker who was vlogging their experience on YouTube. And she got engrossed like over my shoulder and watching what they were doing. And she was like, she would see foot bridges and overlooks. And she was like, can you take me there? Can we hike there? So I started explaining to her that there were, you know, 40 plus miles of Appalachian Trail in Maryland. And then it was this really long trail that extended through other states all the way from Georgia to Maine. And she was just like, really? <laughs> so she got hooked on watching videos with me and it was great when the through hikers were close to where we were because when she asked, oh, can we go there? It was like, sure. <laughs> when they were further away, it was kind of like, mm, maybe someday. <laughs> so, you know, we just got out on the trail and she said she wanted to do all of Maryland. 
And she, um, she actually finished her 52 hike challenge as we were completing the Maryland section of the AT. And then like a week later, she had done all 41 miles of AT in Maryland. And then she was like, I want to keep going. So last fall, we started going north into Pennsylvania. And, you know, we did a lot of out and back hikes just because it was easier when shuttling with a car seat. You almost have to, well, you have to have an extra car seat. And that was kind of a pain. We we did rely on my mom and my husband some, but for the most part, we did a lot of out and back hikes and still we, until we started getting like an hour in either direction from home. And we were really lucky that some friends of ours also section hiking Northern Virginia this winter. So we would meet them pretty much every Saturday morning through January. I mean, we were out there. I remember one morning it was 17 degrees and there were no complaints from her whatsoever. I was thinking it was cold (laughs) and I had my wool, you know, my good wool underwear on, which I have not invested for a child who grows in ridiculous spurts every six plus months. She loves it as long as she's following blazes and she loves it when the trail clubs carve the AT symbol into like the end of down trees or their neat wooden signs. And she just eats that stuff up. And I I feel like my passion for the trail has kind of come through through her and she has sort of been the driving force. (laughs) I never knew what a unique and special place the Appalachian Trail is. And when I say that, it's not just the footpath itself, but the number of people that we have met and made friends with, it just restores my faith in humanity because we have met the most incredible people through hiking and formed some really special bonds and and friendships. Been doing the trail magic and just showing her that, you know, sometimes it's really nice to do something for people just because and you're not expecting anything in return. I think, you know, taking being prepared, taking along snacks, of course, and just being willing to take it at their pace, I think is probably the most important thing. And that's that's not an object that you can buy or something you can entice them with, but just that patience and and you know. I think with her, I have have told Julia or I've told other people that Julia or pigtails is a lot like my nature therapy guide because she helps me to slow down and really cultivate that nature connection using my five senses. And I mean, she she has an incredible eye for things. She's always the one just like today. She saw the flash of red and and that beautiful scarlet tanager. And it's this bright red bird with black wings. And it's, it was so bright. And we just stood there for a long time and watched it. And it was nice to not be like, okay, we have to, you know, get on the trail. We need to, you know, set this certain kind of pace. We don't worry about pace. I mean, (laughs) we try to get back by dark. (laughs) We're prepared for when we're not. And that day we did 14.2 miles. The last three miles of it, which we were with a friend that day, was was in the dark. <laughs> and it was uh, probably late March, early April. So it got kind of chilly after the sun went down. So things don't always go 100% according to plan. But I think that really just allowing them time to be kids gives us the time as adults to kind of see the world through childlike eyes again. And I think that's good for the soul. <laughs> It's been really important to me to show pigtails how 
the trail is unique and that it's maintained by these volunteer groups. And we read a book, a kid's book. It was like a kid's chapter book. So it was way beyond her age group, but we read it together about the history of the trail. And then it brought it to current day status. And um, it talked about trail clubs and it mentioned that sometimes they let kids paint blazes. So as soon as she heard those words, she was like, when can we do it? And so a friend that we have made through Instagram actually helps manage a section of trail in Pennsylvania about three hours from us. And um, she found out this summer that that section of trail needed to be reblazed. So she reached out to us on Instagram and we were able to join her and the trail club and paint blazes. So pigtails was in her glory. And if that wasn't enough, the trail club or trail crew leader handed her a pair of loppers that day. He was like, everybody gets loppers. And I'm standing there thinking, this is the kid who cut her hair with scissors this week during virtual pre-K. And he just handed my child loppers. (laughs) This is not going to go well. (laughs) But she was very good about listening. And we, of course, watched her like a hawk. And it was like her best day ever, which I'm sure now that's like months ago and she's probably forgotten about it because we haven't done it again, which is her biggest wish. Oh, that is such a sweet story. I love hearing stories of children giving back to their communities and being raised with the attitude of it's good to give for the sake of giving. So thank you for sharing that. I am so grateful for your time today, and I look forward to seeing both of your adventures on Instagram. Thanks for listening. To find out more about Wild East Women and the events that we put on throughout the year, please check us out at www.wildeastwomen.org. You can also find us on social media, both Facebook and Instagram, at Wild East Women.